How's it going, BMBers? This is Josh from the Hollow Chronicles. If you're listening to this, you're catching our episodes 30, 31, and 32. Andy and I decided to head on out to the live streaming arena. And while we did that, we had a few technical difficulties, but we wanted to make sure to bring you these uh, three episodes. They are from the past. Audio quality is not as good as, as we always strive to get, but it's content nonetheless, and we want to make sure that we keep our portfolio accurate. So thanks for listening. Bear with us and make sure you find more Hollow Chronicles on YouTube. We'll be streaming live on Facebook and Twitter as well. And then, of course, you can find it right here where you found it today. Thank you and enjoy. Kids, man. <laughs> oh, welcome to the Hall of Chronicles. One year anniversary. Hey, Josh, it's Andy, been a year. It's been a year. I can't believe it. I really can't believe goodness. it now that I'm thinking about it. When you told me that not too long ago, I was like, whoa, feels like it's been three so, years. <laughs> so we had done a, a handful of pods in the fall of last year. But um, we really didn't up the stakes until we jumped on Twitter, which today is the one year anniversary of us being on Twitter. Right. Um, which is also when we put ourselves out into other platforms and stuff. So, yeah, that's accurate. So this, this is a, a big day for you. Hey, happy one year anniversary, Josh. Happy one year anniversary, Andy. And uh Happy one year anniversary to uh, the followers and friends that we've picked up along the way. So uh, many. Thank you. Very, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And uh, um, it has been a really positive experience for Josh and I. And uh, not only has it brought, you know, you, you and I, Josh, brought us together a little bit more with, with Trevor. And um, but uh, we've made some pretty good friends in the last year. And, uh, I'm just, I'm appreciative of that. I'm grateful. Um, Josh, what, what are, what are your thoughts right now? One year, one year into the hall of Chronicles podcast. What, what, what are you thinking? You know, you, you kind of said it already as far as meeting people, um, community, the, the conversations that have been had. I mean, it's been pretty fantastic. Uh, star Wars knowledge has just quadruple double, whatever it's gone through the roof. Um, and then really, you know, forming, you know, our own community and joining such uh, awesome communities, I think is what I think we got out of this or I'm getting out of this. Um, obviously, uh, uh, just just finding, you know, fans that care as much or, or, or have as much fun as we do is is so awesome. And uh, and, you know, I can't wait to keep it going. We we made it through so many different things here, especially in 2019. It was a crazy year for Star Wars. So good time to start yet another as Pete would put it, another Star Wars podcast. So that was good. <laughs> truly, truly. Um, well, let's get into this then. Josh, we've got a collection that we want to shout out here. We do. We do. That's good. So let's uh let's let's do that. What is that? That's uh so 
this last weekend, um, every Saturday we try to feature a followers collection, star Wars collection. And that is always interesting to us because as star Wars collectors, you know, you can go a lot of different directions with how you, how you show your fandom. And, and, you know, Josh and I, we collect our things. We don't collect everything. Star Wars. We have our niches that we kind of stick to. Um, this collection that we featured was a, a new kind. We hadn't featured one like this before, and it was of patches, uh, star Wars patches. And, and if you could put, yeah, the pictures are up there. Um, and we hadn't, we hadn't put a, up a collection with patches like this before. I've always thought even going back to 1977, that the, uh, that the patches were pretty cool. Um, there's some really cool ones out there. And, uh, these that we're showing up here are from at Jenna Bella J her name's Jenna. And she's, uh, she was born in 1977, just like Josh and I. Uh, so we're about the same age and she's got this collection of patches and she's even got some on a jacket too. And the jacket was pretty sharp looking. Um, Josh, do you have any patches? You know, I don't. And I, you were talking and I've always been envious of people that are uh, creative enough and crafty enough, or at least have enough, uh, you know, they can go to the tailor to put patches on, on clothing. I've gotten some patches, not all necessarily star Wars. Um, I have a couple patches. You got me one of the patches, which is the, uh, I back the barge patch, but I love seeing them put on. And I'm going to throw that next pick up here after I get done talking, um, you know, put onto something. And especially when you go to cons, seeing people that are just patched out, I'm the same way with pins. I, I think that takes effort. I think it takes creativity. Uh, and it's just cool. Like it's cool. So so I agree. And by the way, Janet looks uh, much better um, being born in 77 than you and I, Andy. So yikes. <laughs> She's good living there. Yeah. Good um, living. Side note. She also has two dogs and they're star Wars named. One is a Stormtrooper, and one is chewy. And there she, you go. she showed us a picture of, of chewy and chewy was a big Alaskan Malamute, um, huge monster dog but beautiful looking dog too. I don't have a, I didn't send you that picture, but there's a picture of her jacket and yeah, those patches are cool. That's They're a, on the collar. That's a cool jacket. Yeah. That's a really cool nice jacket. Little, nice little display. So thank you at Jenna Bella J. Thank you, Jenna. Appreciate sharing with us your collection. And uh, as always, if, if you're listening or watching, if you've got a collection of any size or of any kind, star Wars related. We'd love to see it. We'd love to, uh, we'd love for you to send us some pictures of it and uh, we'd love to promote it on a Saturday hashtag show me your collection. And if you haven't looked, you should type in the old hashtag show me your collection and see some of the previous collections we've featured. Uh, there's some very outstanding ones, um, of all sizes, small, little on one shelf, to filling up whole rooms. Uh, it's pretty, pretty unique. It, everybody's unique in that way. And so what we collect is a little bit different and, and it's always fun for Josh and I to see what everyone is into. And it just kind of brings us a little closer together. Uh, you get to share a little bit about yourself through your collection. We get to share a little bit back with you and, and, uh, there's always some positive interacting going on as a result. So 
Thank you, Jenna. Thank you. Awesome collection. Next up, Josh. Hey, thanks, Mr. Rez. I'm just reading a couple of comments in here. Uh, thank you, Mr. Rez. Uh, one year. It's kind of crazy, huh? Um, Michael, 2Med2, uh, says he was going to play some fallen order, uh, but we were on a coin toss. So, Hey, well, uh, you know what, man, you should flip that coin again. That game is awesome. <laughs> do it. Go, yeah, go ahead. It's, it's okay. It's okay. You can do both actually. We'll, yeah. We'll, you we'll you can catch us on the rewind or something, Mike, I'm not going to be offended. Um, <laughs> but we've, uh, we now have a, uh, collector tip for up and coming collectors or even veteran collectors out there. Now we're trying to get this uh, whole live broadcast. Can I, can I hit the drop on this one? Cause I missed it online. Do it. Come on. Collector tip. <laughs> I mean, we got to stick to our roots here, right? Yeah. Um, in over the course of a year, we made some drops one night pretty early on and we've just stuck <laughs> with them ever since. They're and, pretty uh, bad, but it's almost like they're so bad that we'd have to keep them now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, it would be nice to upgrade them, but at the same time, it's who we are, Josh. It is who we are. It's who we are. Old time 40s so, guy is always the best uh, presenter for anything, right? <laughs> Yeah. Plug your nose and talk high. There you go. <laughs> There's a little peek behind the curtain. There it is. Yeah. Pull your, pants up, pull your pants up above your belly button and get it done. <laughs> um, today's collector tip. Uh, it's been, it's been said before and brought up earlier this week, but uh, I kind of want to go off into some of the why this is a good collector tip. Um, Again, for those listening or watching for the first time, or if you're new to the Hall of Chronicles, thanks for joining us. We're celebrating our one year anniversary. That's um, right. But we have every week we try to give a collector tip. Um, and this can be applied for any kind of collection, whether it's Star Wars related or He Man or vintage automobiles or motorcycles I and mean, any kind of collection, um, that you could possibly have. So we try to make them applicable. We, I kind of like to think of ourselves as uh, American pickers for star Wars. <laughs> um, I love that show. It's a good show. But, um, our collector tip this week is to save your parts and pieces. And what I mean by that star Wars specifically, um, the vehicles, and the accessories can be pretty valuable when it comes to Star Wars toys, especially the old stuff. And just because it may not fit, a, you know, you might have an extra piece or, um, or, or maybe if you're like me, um, recently I bought um, a lot or a collection from a guy and this was a couple weeks ago and in it, he had a, a bunch of figures, a bunch of vehicles, and you could tell that they were pretty well loved when he was a kid because they were pretty in pretty rough shape. And some of them were broken and, and uh, specifically there was an X wing that was broken. And, and I ended up throwing most of it away because there were parts that weren't salvageable and the battery compartment was corroded out. But before I threw it away, I unscrewed all the screws. 
I took off whatever decals that were salvageable on it. And, um, I just tried to save what was good about it, including the motor. The motor was fine. It's just that the battery compartment was corroded and I just saved it because you never know, you know, Josh and I, we were buying and selling and trading all the time. And sometimes, you know, having some extra parts laying around is, is helpful. It's useful. And, um, in it, in that collection that I bought, there was a tie fighter, uh, a, a white tie fighter that had maybe about half of the decals and the other half were in okay shape, but you don't want a tie fighter with half the decals. Um, you want all the decals or you want none of the decals and then just get some replacement stickers for them. Well, I took off the ones that, uh, that were still on it and there was probably about eight or so, you know, cause there's decals on both sides of both wings and I just saved them. Now I've tried selling decals on eBay before and you can't ever get too much money for them because they're not in super high demand and the, and the repro stickers look so good. Uh, it's almost a better way to go, but there are those out there, the diehards that, you know, are true to form. They want the actual decals. And so I, I just kind of saved them in case later on, I got another tie that I could maybe slap them on or maybe somebody else could use them. Well, it turns out someone else could use them. Um, one of our Twitter friends, Ian Clark, he was mentioning that he had a, a white tie fighter that was complete, but it was missing a few of the decals. And so for me that lives in Kelso, Washington, United States, to send him an envelope with some decals in it cost me a dollar and 12 cents, something stupid cheap. And so I just sent them to him because I wasn't using them at the time and uh, he could use them. Well, he immediately slapped them on his glued them on there and it looks beautiful. He did a really good job of applying them. So now he's got a complete with all the decals tie fighter from 1978, 77, the white tie fighter, the original one that came out. And it looks awesome. And he was super pumped and I was super pumped to help him out. It was easiest money I've ever spent. And, uh, it, it just, for me, it just reified, save the parts, save what you can. You know, I understand the space can be limited. Um, I've got a three drawer little cart where one drawer has decals, one drawer has parts and one drawer has cleaning supplies. And so that's my little station. It's not, it's not that big. I keep it in a closet and who knows when a part or a piece or a screw or a decal or a light bulb or a motor, who knows when you might need one of those. And it's nice to have just a little, little stash on hand, um, for yourself and for others benefit. Uh, Josh, you and I, we've, we've swapped out some parts and pieces before we've traded and, uh, it's, it's been nothing but beneficial. And it's something that I learned a long time ago and, uh, the ability to help somebody else complete their vehicle or their figure with a weapon or something like that. It, it just, it makes me happy. Um, whether I'm doing it for myself and I complete a toy or I can help somebody out and fi fix their toy too. So keep your parts. Don't throw them away. Just because one part's broken doesn't mean the whole thing is worthless. So 
There's my spiel. There's my collector tip. Josh, are you still with me? I'm here, man. <laughs> I got bounced. Right, man, I, got I got on a roll there. Um, <laughs> anything yeah. you want to add to that? <laughs> no, no, I agree. And actually, uh, you taught me that too. Um, you're the, uh, original collector, uh, the original, uh, thinker of how to collect and, and share your tips. So now you taught me that I've got a little, I, I have the same thing, a little drawer that I keep stuff in and, um, and make sure, you know, we've, we've shared weapons and, and all kinds of cool things over the years. So, uh, yeah, nothing more, nothing much more to add to that. Hey, Josh, um, Matt needs a last 17 R2. Uh, you got an extra one laying around in your junk. <laughs> let me, let me check. Yeah, no, no, I do too, Matt. I do too. So awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I've got, I don't have any extra last 17. So those are pretty tough to come by <laughs> in, in the wild. I should in say the wild, pretty, yeah. you, there's always some on eBay, but you're going to have to pay eBay prices for those. So, yeah. Uh, well, good tip, man. Thank you. No problem, man. No problem. Hey, Josh, at, at this time, um, it is, it is awards season. We just had the golden globes. We've got the Oscars coming up. And I'd like to take this opportunity to announce that we are going to have our own awards show uh, coming up in February called the Holos, where we give out some fan voted upon awards, as well as Josh and I voted upon awards um, for such things as in the Twitter category, um, best follow. Like who are some of the most entertaining follows that we follow mm. and best follower. So there's still time. If you, uh, if you'd like to make a late yeah. push, yeah. It be voted on by Josh and I, but, but we'll also post some that can be voted on by our followers. Things such as best guests on our podcast. There's, we've had some great ones. Um, as well as, best podcast that hosted us. So if you've listened to us on other podcasts, maybe you can throw a vote in there too. Anyways, that's just a little taste. A little taste. So we're going to have a, the, the an, 2019, show. 2019 hollows. Yeah. The two, we might need to vote on, we might need to vote on like what we call them. Cause I was going for Hollies, but I guess that's the Holly. Yeah. I mean, who likes the I Grammys more than Hollies. the Oscars? Like, I don't know. What do, you, what do you say? Oscars, golden globes, yeah. Tony's hollow globes or something. I don't know. I, I like the hollows. Hollows is fine. The hollows. No. Yeah. Cause then it sounds like hollow. Or how like about the, the hollows? Would you hollows. say? I thought you said, <laughs> I thought you said hollows. <laughs> Whatever. We still haven't come up with the name. Let alone the Hollies. The Hollies sounds more fun. <laughs> yeah. That's where you wear your, your, your most risque uh, clothes to the event. There you go. And sip on your champagne. Right. No, that's going to be fun. Uh, we had a great year. We, man, we didn't do it enough. We didn't pot enough as far as I'm, and I'm sure Andy is concerned, but uh, man, the ones that we had and and the shows that we got to, you know, last part of the year, we spent a lot of time on other people's shows. Uh, you and I combined, you alone. And it was, it's just as much fun. So um, yeah, and I'm excited to, and, and then, man, the real, the real awards should go to the, to the followers on Twitter. Um, and, and we'll have a few of those for sure, because 
we get some great content and interaction there. So I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. I learn something every time I go on Twitter. No doubt. uh, Good or bad. And it's usually positive. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We, uh, I think we do a pretty good job of, of uh, having a positive follower group. Um, Positive podcast. So, um, and, and really what negatives are there to talking about toys and star Wars collectibles, right? You can't really get on anybody's case about that. Um, <laughs> the uh, I can think of a couple of reasons, but yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's keep them to yourself. Uh, Michael Michael chimes in here and says, uh, "Have me on so I can win all four. I'm a lock." Ooh, I'm gonna put that on. Oh, you already did. <laughs> yeah, there it is. You're not wrong. You're not wrong, Michael. Michael, Michael, Michael. Um, yeah, Michael. Ooh, quint- quintupla. That's. Quite a fancy word there, Mister Red. That's how you take home all four or five. Sorry. Well, we're gonna have we're gonna have more than just four or five awards to give out. So, um, just just be ready when when we get close to February. You know, you'll probably be able to <laughs> smell it in the air. It's it's getting yeah. close. It's getting close. We'll holly out. Hollies, the hollies, the holos. That's our first poll right there. It's our first vote. What's the one we call them? The Let's holos. see in the mentions here. Should we go Hollies or the Holos? Yeah. Well, we'll I'm see. I'm waiting for a response. Well, remember, they're like five second delay. So I'll wait. <laughs> to, Matt's going to wear a tux. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, man. We're double clicking. That's- All right. That's what happens when both of us are the, uh, yeah, it was a lot easier when I was in control of everything. Andy, geez, <laughs> I'm trying to take some off your plate, man. Over clicker. Now you're fine. Yeah. All right. All so right. There's our, uh, there's our mention for our, our own very own award show. Now I know other podcasts and other radio programs, other TV shows, they have their award stuff and that's fine and great and all, but sure. it's not this one. So mm-hmm. So you need to, you need to, you need to join us for a listen. Um, I don't know if we'll do that one live or not, but, uh, yes, you should wear a tux and just in case Matt or Mr. Rez or Michael or anybody else that might be a faithful longtime follower, have an acceptance speech ready. Oh, you better. Because, because if you know, what would be fun is if we let the people who won awards that we voted on if we let them know ahead of a time so we could drop them in on Streamyard here yeah and have them give their acceptance speech yeah you've never felt more awkward than staring into your uh, laptop camera so enjoy <laughs> yeah start practicing in the mirror that's right um, guys and gals okay um josh we like you said it's we haven't potted a whole lot in the last month. And the one time we did, it was spent talking about the rise of Skywalker, rightly so, but there's also another show that has been going on during the month of December that just wrapped up and was pretty dang awesome. I think both you and I agree that uh, the Mandalorian was an exceptional eight part television show on Disney plus. And we haven't really talked a whole lot about it. So I kind of wanted to spend 
um, a little bit of time on tonight's pod just to just to get your thoughts and kind of wrap up season one and maybe talk about what could happen in season two here. Um, and maybe yeah, just- we definitely, uh, I'll just add to that. Definitely. You know, we got some people in the room here, so add your thoughts as well. Um, uh, I'll, I'll let you take lead, but one thing I was throwing out was just like top 10 moments or top five moments. And, 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 and I'd like to hear, I, I'll, I'll reduce it down to top five or even three. You can decide Andy, but like, what are you, what, what are those moments? So be thinking of that on the chat and, uh, and we'll throw you in there to, 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 to discuss. There's so many moments that I looked at a few lists today and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's a good list. And then I looked at a few others and those were good too. So yeah. So take it away, Andy. We'll, we'll go. Well, if, if we're just, if we're going to talk moments, uh, within the eight chapters, um, the moment that we saw in the trailer for it, where, Mandalorian uh, shoots the the rope around the guy's feet and pulls him in and the door closes on him. Like we saw that in the trailer and then it happened in the very beginning of the first episode. And that just, man, it set the tone. Well, yeah, Uh, yeah, totally. And if you expand that into it, set the tone for the entire show with uh, the whole, you know, Western themed, but like really like, he walks into a saloon. I mean, it is, it is like, there is no doubt where we're trying to go with this, which we had heard, but sometimes they don't support that, you know, um, as well in their depiction and man, no, you knew exactly what was going on. Surrounded by thugs, he gets called out and, and then he whoops some butt and cuts a guy in half, you know, yeah, he put him to bed. That's yep. what we say. We put him to bed. And it also, that the guy that he was uh, bringing in on the bounty Horatio Sands yeah. uh, was like the first of many little cameos by, um, by some well-known people. I think of Brian Posehn. I think of uh, um, Bill Burr. I think of, uh, I can't think of his name. He was in the same episode as Bill Burr. Um, but he was, was a the big guy with the horns, right? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm totally spaced on his name. Oh, he's a guy from Highlander. Better to burn out in the fade away. That guy, I forget his name too, but whatever. <laughs> it's one of my favorite lines in any movie. Yeah. He was also in, uh, um, that, uh, movie about the space bugs, uh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Yeah. He's yeah. In Starship. yeah. Clancy yeah. Brown. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. See, that's why we have people in the chat. Yeah. Our, uh, Matt's our, got us covered. Our, our crack tech team. That's right. Helping us out. Um, do the drops too. But anyway, oh. yeah, <laughs> a lot of those little subtle, uh, little cameos that, uh, you know, what, what was another moment for you, Josh, that, that you loved? So one of the moments I, I really liked was the, oh, wow, there's so many, I don't even know which one I got like 10 rolling through my head here. So I got to, I'm, I'm going to take one. I loved Jawa disintegration. That's the first time. Like I was laughing out loud, like <laughs> laughing. My brothers are not as big star Wars fans. They're good fans. Um, but they were commenting like, Oh, when the Jawas got disintegrated, uh, it was awesome. And so not that we want to see any Jawa get hurt. No Jawas were hurt during that filming. Um, but, but man, that was hilarious because those little guys, they just, they just boom. <laughs> They tore his ship apart. <laughs> he went down and just disintegrated them. And then that was also a callback to, you know, Vader's comment to to Boba Fett of like no disintegrations. <laughs> and that was like no. There's why because obviously, well, not that 
we can't get into that. Not that Fett's a Mandalorian, but still, he had disintegrating powers, I guess, and so did Mando. He took him out. Yeah, that was a good scene. Yeah, and that whole scene was beautiful when he, you know, climbing up the side of the. I mean, seeing the sand crawler in action and that whole that whole part of that show was just fantastic. So there you go. Yeah. How about you, Andy? Well, going back, I, I really like the uh, mudhorn creature from that episode. Uh, you know, Star Wars has a history of making some oh, Andy. creatures, whether they come be back. The- we lost Andy. What? Oh, now you're back. You like the mudhorn creature is the last thing I heard. Yeah. Star yep. Wars has a history of cool creatures. And I thought the mudhorn was kind of reminiscent of attack of the clones in the arena. Yep. And, uh, that, that might be the best part of attack of the clones. Um, but also like, like the one scene that, that made me really giddy, like you seeing the Jawas getting disintegrated was IG 11 buzzing through on a, on a speeder, just toasting stormtroopers. Like that was so awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. That's there's so many. And, and, and we can, we'll keep going here. Hold on. We got a few in here. Uh, let's see. What do we got? Uh, hey, Chris you know, is in with us. Oh, Chris. Rogue Squad. What's up? Rogue Squad 2. Yeah, the uh, Cantina was awesome. Like you said, a nod to uh, who said that? Matt said that. Uh, that was great. I mean, just seeing those iconic um, places were, were just fantastic. Uh, what do they call those? Those like uh, adventure by episodes, you know, like each episode was an adventure. It was one of the things you and I talked about, but. Oh yeah. Choose your own adventure kind of things. Yeah. Where they like, you know, each, each uh, episode was kind of like, I was talking with my, my daughters about that. I was like, well, it's kind of getting to this point where they're establishing, you know, his role, um, the underlying plot line being the child or baby Yoda. Um, but he, it's just showing like, it was kind of, you and I said that, I think we did last pod too, like dropping in on the A team type of thing, which was fine, but man, they pulled it back together at the end, but let's stay on target here. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's another, I mean, another one for me would be the ATST that was, it was frightening and and had red eyes eyes and wasn't really frightening in uh, return of the Jedi, right? They were like big and clumsy and Ewoks took them out with rocks and sticks, but that thing scared me. I was like, Oh crap. How's he going to beat that? Because they really uh, added some, some, you know, some power to it. Like it was like, you can't stop this thing. It's going to blow up a village. No problem. Which made it more like a Abrams tank or, or something than, than in return of the Jedi where they were kind of clumsy. And uh, so that was really cool. I, I like that yeah. scene a lot. Plus the red it, eyes, you it know, was, give it its own character. It seemed to be faster too. And, and able to knock over trees. So it had some speed and power elements that it didn't have in Empire Strikes Back or, or Return of the Jedi. Did you know that there was an ATST in Empire Strikes Back, Josh? Of course. There were several in on Hoth. Okay. Just think. Jimmy, Christmas, man. What, what am I? I'm a Star Wars podcast or not? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but that, like I said, it was like, a, uh, I think, Matt, you know, uh, Chris agreed or rogue squad to it. It had its, it was its own character. It was a, it was a demon in the forest, which I thought was great too. Cause it comes out of the forest. The anticipation was there. Everyone's watching. You're like, okay, you know, Mando's probably going to do something about it, but that's what a good film is. You know, if you, if you still have concern for the hero, 
even though you know there's an episode <laughs> next and the hero's going to survive, you still that's when it, that's when you know they're doing good filmmaking. So you were you were nervous and or how's he going to do this? So it was cool. And the yeah. red eyes, man, what a cool effect. And probably it was more effective because wasn't it being driven by not a stormtrooper? So there you go. Yeah, it was uh, one of the uh, like Barada. Yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was a bandit, a Barada species. I can't remember what they're called, but um, so it seems weird, Josh, that we have listed off a bunch of scenes that we found to be incredibly memorable. However, we have not yet mentioned Baby Yoda. It's number one. That's why the the reveal was number one. Was that number one? Hands down for me, that reveal was number one. It was number one for like, I'm even getting little goosebumps about it. It was cool. I mean, that was number one because to their credit, and especially in the world we live in uh, where we were dealing with uh, theories and, and all these things. And, and fortunately our focus was over on rise of Skywalker. Even, you know, when Mandalorian was announced, we were trying to figure out the name of rise of Skywalker. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of leaks and that could have been a leaked that would have ruined that episode. But you and I were in the same room when when we saw those ears and i like internally lost it i was like oh my gosh you know and and all this stuff goes through your head really quick and it's irrational like, it's yoda and I'm like no it can't be yoda you know and and then you kind of realize like it's the you know it's that species baby yoda which is a terrible term but also the greatest term um and it yoda started warrior. yeah the child so i just that was number one for me. It just was number one. And I would, I wanted every time you saw that little guy. And by the way, as far as the Oscars or the, or the golden globes or whatever, uh, the, the creator of that character, that puppet character, you know, digital or otherwise should just be, you know, uh, made a King in, in a small country somewhere. Perfect. My baby Yoda's in your room right now. Their child darts at me right now, which, I apologize. Hey, <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is parenting from Andy. He may have collector tips, but he also has parenting tips. <laughs> yeah. Open hand, not fist. Right. No. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt, the uh, dark saber reveal was pretty awesome. And that, uh, I think that's a good, well, I just want to, I want to say one more thing before we kind of jump off of that into what we think season two might be in store, but any scene where the uh, the uh, child was his ears were flapping because he was going fast or something. There was a couple of different scenes with that in it, and I just that just cracked me up. The baby Yoda made me laugh. Was like made me in awe. Like, oh my gosh! Like when he picked up the mud horn, like oh, you know, because yeah. you think baby, but you also think fifty years old. Yeah, so to learn something along the way, perhaps or learn something about himself anyway, yet can't really talk, but absolutely communicates. I don't know. It was just a really well done character. And everybody was glued to him when he was on the, on the screen. Well, he transcended Star Wars fans, which is a big deal. That's hard to do. I mean, Force Awakens, uh, uh, you know, Last Jedi, Rise, they they're pulling in the fandom that's already there to, to, to see that happen, you know, whatever the reveal is, but it transcended. And mostly what we should have done for this, and maybe we can do later. I almost want to do like top 10 memes that involve baby Yoda. It brought my <laughs> girls into it. 
it brought people, I, I mean, from who, who had never watched and they're just sending me memes now because they know I'm a Star Wars nerd. And like, hey, check this out. I was like, yeah, I've seen that 17 times, but hilarious still and adorable. So, uh, but I mean, so it transcended the fandom, which is a powerful thing to do. And that's obviously great, great film or TV or whatever you want to call it, making from Favreau and, and crew. Uh, it was, it was, you know, he's, that's why I said, he's just number one, number one, you can take any moment, whether it's the, you know, first time you see him or, or, uh, anything after that. So I put a poll up, um, a couple weeks ago saying, what was the best episode of the Mandalorian? And I only put two, I put episode one or episode eight, because, you know, I, there might be some that had some, um, some, some favorites in between, but those overwhelmingly seem to be the start and the end seem to be head and shoulders above two through seven. Isn't that how it's supposed to be though? I mean, good for them. Yes. 100%. And there's nothing wrong with the middle, you know, like I said, I kind of got like, okay, we're just doing the, he's going to go and help everybody. But, um, but so it was, it was fine. It was good. So I, I love that they were able to, again, great way to pull it in. There's some comments up here, you know, uh, rogue squad two is saying, hasn't really heard any negativity out there from the community about the Mandalorian. That's tough right now. I mean, cause yeah, well, there's enough to go around and, and, and it could, you know, shotgun spray out onto any star Wars, uh, you know, genre as far as, you know, where it's coming from. And, and it doesn't, that, that thing is solid. It yeah, could be the best, you know, and again, by the way, we have to remember, sorry, that was made by Disney. <laughs> so there's some hope. <laughs> there's always hope, right? Yeah. It was so good. He, it is good. Well, for as, uh, for as much, disunity as there is over some of the last few movies. Um, and even over some of the books, like, like none of the books even in that have been made in the last four or five years have quite the same swell of support as the Mandalorian has. And there's been some great books along the way too. And, but, but to that point, it's not the same. The Mandalorian's just, it's just scooped up everybody and kind of brought everybody. I mean, there are those that hate the sequel trilogy or maybe one or two of the movies in particular, and they can't say, or they can't find one positive thing to say about it and boo Disney and uh, you know, all that stuff. And yet they love the Mandalorian. So they've pulled off a near impossible task and hopefully they haven't set the bar so high that they can't reach it in season two. I, I don't think that's going to be an issue for them. Um, I don't need obviously with the dark saber coming out and in, in the last episode, uh, a, a very strong character. I can't even pronounce his name. Uh, who plays that part? Can you uh, uh, call him polo man from, from breaking bad. I mean, he is in breaking bad. He, he was terrifying and just an excellent actor. Um, he's, and, and and he portrayed that in a Star Wars fashion. So he wasn't as scary as he was in Breaking Bad as far as being just a, you know, cartel-like, you know, murderer. Um, but still, you had that feeling when he was out there. You're like, oh, man, they're in trouble when the three of them are stuck in, or the four are stuck in uh, in the canteen or wherever they were. And, so, 
here's here's one more thing I, I I'm really looking forward to as well. This spring, when season seven of Clone Wars comes out, they're going to dive hard into Mandalore, and we're going to get okay. some history, and we're going to get we're going to get some tie in to the Mandalorian, and uh, whether whether it's a little or a lot. I, I kind of lean, I think I'm leaning towards, I think there's going to be a lot of tie-in or a lot of backstory that kind of explains maybe, you know, where the, well, like for the, where example, where the dark saber came from and, and, right. uh, and the, when the Mandalorians came and to the rescue over the battle droids and, you know, just all that, I think, I think it's going to fill in some backstory that then the Mandalorian is going to take and run with too. I think they're going to, in a way, season seven of Clone Wars is going to complement season two of Mandalorian and, and use that to, um, you know, jump off of. And, and so I, I'm, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. I am too. And I think uh, we've got, you know, another comment in there with Kenobi on its way. I think they'll take lead Kenobi will and should take lead uh, uh, from the Mandalorian and, and continue on that, that, you know, for me, I would call it the Mandalorian, even though it's a little more light, which I love. I absolutely love. It's the perfect amount of, of good star Wars, you know, that, that, that tongue in cheek humor that, you know, uh, Han Solo wink or whatever, along with still holding you in there. Yeah. Right. And, and, you know, I, and then also touching moments. I mean, when he picks up the little knob from the control control stick and hands it over to the child, uh, you're just like, ah, you know, it like warm my heart. And, and so I think Kenobi will take that same lead. Um, I hope, and, uh, Oh no, it's Kenobi's being directed entirely by, uh, Deborah director Chow. of number three or two, uh, Chew or something like that. So I'm terrible with names. You're better than I am. Deborah Chow. There you go. Chow. So, which, which means awesome. Cause she did one of the best episodes. So yeah, yeah. I'm stoked about that. It, it gave, it gave some, uh, <clears throat> it gave some, well, well it, maybe it wasn't even needed, but it gave some street cred to Deborah Chow and oh, sure. kind of, uh, launch her into the Kenobi series on a positive, right? Like, Hey, from one of the directors of the Mandalorian, Deborah Chow, you know, who you can say that episode was sweet. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then Taika Waititi, man, I love everything he does, whether he's playing an actor or a voice or directing. I am super stoked at seeing, uh, the next Thor movie because he's directing it. Right. And, uh, I, I just, I can't, I can't be more excited for what, uh, what the next year or two has in store for us. So how does that, yeah. And I agree. So how does that draw the line? I mean, how do you feel right now with, uh, the fandom and, and in particular the fandom M, how do you feel right now? Like what is there left to do with star Wars and going forward? Are we going to leave, you know, the, the, the sequels in the past, as they are and just move forward with these new, um, you know, uh, productions from Disney with a positive light because they're spreading out into, you know, for one, the Mandalorian has multiple directors, even though it's following the, the, you know, the mind child of Favreau and team. Um, 
how do you feel? Do you think we're going to be okay? Do you think maybe we're stepping into that next, you know, maybe Disney's going to have the last laugh because we're stepping into that next era of star Wars, which involves that Marvel-esque, you know, extended universe, pull in, tie in, reconnect scenario. And then, then that's two questions. How do you feel about that? And then how do you feel about that applying towards whatever project they have in mind for, you know, we're getting all different kinds of ideas as far as old Republic and for the next movie series um, from star Wars. Well, I think it's good that we're done with, we're done with the Skywalker saga. Okay. I do too. I think it's good that we're done because I mean, there's always, there's always been detractors to star Wars, whether it's original prequel or sequel. Um, but it just seemed like the volume was getting louder and louder and louder and the divide getting wider and wider and wider between those that were on board and those that weren't. And now whether you liked loved or hated the Skywalker saga and how it wrapped up, we can put that to bed now, right? It's done. We've got the Mandalorian, which has an overwhelming positive feedback rate. We've got the Kenobi series, which Ewan McGregor's on board, which is awesome. That's enough right there. Deborah Chow, who is showing to be a great director. For Star Wars. What's that? And especially for Star Wars. I mean, you can be a great director and and really not get Star Wars and and, and it appears she gets it, you know, so that's right. So there's, there's positive momentum in that direction. There's a ton of positive momentum for episode, uh, season seven of Clone Wars. Um, like, like whatever you thought of, you know, it's in the past. Kill it. Let it go. Be done with it. Whether you loved it, great. Or whether you hated it, great. Now it's in the past. And those that are still going to continue to bring up, you know, how bad the sequels are, are really going to get left behind. Sure. Because because what's the point in talking about it now when it's done, right? What it's done. Like there's nothing to do. Like there might be a, um, the JJ Abrams cut released. Maybe like maybe never. Ooh, yeah, maybe. Care, right. <laughs> it's not really good. You won't care. You won't care when it happens. And that's when it will. And if it does happen, it, it'll be when you don't care because we'll have so much more content to, uh, to put us in a better spot with star Wars. And to your point, Andy, you know, I wanted to, the Mandalorian, you know, my daughter was in the room today cause I'm setting up for this pod and we're still experiencing how to get it done. Right. And you know, it takes two hours to get here, believe it or not. Um, and she's like, dad, when are we going to finish the Mandalorian together? Cause I, I went on, you know, without them. And of course doing that, knowing I'd totally go back and watch it with them. No problem. Oh yeah. It's the Mandalorian and shows like it coming up are pulling in a new, that's my daughter. She's 11. She, she loves Star Wars. She's been dressing up for Star Wars, but it's been more about the experience than it has been about the content. This time she's interested in the content. She wants to see what happens to the child. She wants to, she, she likes the Mandalorian. As a matter of fact, when we first started the series, she's like, I don't like him. I don't like his voice. And then once he saved the child, he's like, okay, the Mandalorian's okay now because he was, which is great. That's again, good filmmaking because he was, he's a bounty hunter, you know, he's, he's, he's a scoundrel. You, you shouldn't like him entirely. Um, and so th- my point being, 
th this new series is going to bring in a new generation of Star Wars fans. And we can talk about the prequel fans that are, are out raging right now or, or enjoying the uh, sequels. But this is, again, another point, I, which I didn't experience. I was kind of a, a, a tweener when it came to uh, prequels versus, you know, the OG. But I'm watching my daughters come along and become new Star Wars fans. Uh oh, did you lose me? Yeah. Well, you can still hear me. Hey. So anyway. Well, um, the second part to your question, I think, I think we got to be careful about making any sort of comparison to Marvel, even though, uh, what's his face is coming on board. Who am I thinking of? In um, uh, I don't know. I'll get it here in a second. Kevin sure. Feige. Um, <laughs> Kevin Feige. Yeah. But uh, I, we got to be careful with the uh, Marvel connection because while we are going to get more one-off content and, and maybe eventually some one-off movies or, or, or television series, you know, um, Marvel has had, over 50 years of character development and story building and in history in comic books, setting up who these characters are. And, you know, even though you might be team cap or team Iron Man or whatever, um, you know, seeing them on screen is, is all based off of things that have been around for a long time, but not everybody has maybe been into all the stuff that we're going to get now is totally new and 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 all of the new characters that we see aren't going to have a backstory that we have been developing for the last 40 years because it was just the star wars the movies and then everything else came from the movies and so so it's it's an apples and oranges comparison so to say that well i hope we do it like marvel well we can't I don't think we can do it like Marvel. We can hope to make some um, some characters that are worthy of our attention and following, and and um, you know hope that it's it's good storytelling. Um, but I, I I caution anybody that says you know we need to do it more like Marvel. Like I Marvel appreciate that. Uh, I like that take, and I heard that take. Uh, well, you gave that take. So I like that take. The only counter I would have to that is that while Marvel does have an, an immense backlog of character development, comics, it's all over the board. It's a shotgun spray of alternate universes and all these different things, different, you know, reiterations of the character. And so, and also it, it, it localizes on an, a very defined um, demographic that reads comics and there's not a ton of those guys. I know we have comic cons and it feels like um, comic cons have a lot of people there, but by the way, uh, yeah, I'd love to see the percentages on comic con attenders that actually read comics. Secondly, they took Marvel was able to take a character like Thor, who is a great supporting actor when it comes to you. Like, you know, Thor, he's got the hammer. I mean, he's a Greek or not Greek cheese um, Norse God. Uh, he's, he's, you know, he's, he's totally recognizable, which to your point, that is your point. He's totally recognizable. Just like, um, Captain America is Spider-Man Hulk. All those guys are fully recognizable. They've been on 
all kinds of uh, different formats and in everyone's faces long enough to where they're very comfortable seeing that character. There's development doesn't need to happen. We know, you know, one of them's green and big and one throws a shield and the other one can swing on webs that helps for sure. So that's why I fully agree with you. But my point was you take a movie like Thor Ragnarok and then, uh, wasn't there two anyway there's uh, like four thor movies yeah well yeah and there's another one coming right well i think this is the fourth one but yeah so he that that character to me thor was never a powerful character and now i'm fully invested i'll go watch it because i love the other movies i think the comparison i'm trying to make is that disney can take that same format without the backstory and pull people into it pull in me when it comes to Marvel and Thor, I don't care about Thor, never have. I don't own a Thor comic book, but I'll go watch that darn movie. And by the way, I don't care about Captain America, the Hulk, you know, from a comic perspective. And I didn't, when they made the original movies, I didn't, I didn't really care. I went and saw them because I got enough advertisements to force me into the theater or to rent it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so that's where, that's where my comparison comes is, is that the formula for attracting outside uh, uh, people that are not as invested through all the mediums that brought them there is, is good. And I want that to, to continue to happen because I am thrilled to see Iron Man and crew do something and I will never read one of their, not, I shouldn't say never, but I, I won't go seeking it. Not like I do star Wars. So I want that to be the reverse. I want star Wars to do the same thing for people that maybe, aren't invested in the characters at all. So a new character doesn't surprise nor disappoint them, uh, but it makes them want to see them. And, and I think that's what we got going right now, which is great, which is really so, good. Do you think the Cassian Andor series ever gets made? Yes. You think so? Although, although, although that is the perfect example of what I just described because Cassian Andor, as much as I lo love uh, Rogue One, it, it, isn't thoroughly intriguing to me and from a star Wars perspective as a star Wars fan, I can't, you know, I'm not like on pins and needles. I am about Kenobi and I was about Mandalorian. Um, Cassian, the only glimpse you get of a Cassian out that, that you might be interested in is in the very opening scene when he's in the alleyway, you know, meeting the informant, kicking some ass and disappearing. If, if that comes away and, you know, in other parts, obviously Cassian was good in, but if that comes, if, if they can pull something out of that and give me a reason to watch it, then great. But, but I'm going to obviously, but you know, is Cassian going to pull in a non avid star Wars fan? I don't know. Yeah. It I, might I, on the back of, of Mando and, and Kenobi. Yeah. It's a, it's a tougher pull for the casual fan. I think. Right. Obi-Wan is established. And Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan was maybe the best thing about the prequels. And he's also like an icon, you know, there's enough Obi-Wan uh, gifts out there and memes of Ewan McGregor to, to make anybody recognize who he is. And, and that's really the, the thing, you know, I was going to go back to like so many people lamenting about the, the sequels. Nobody ever had a stage like we did the last, you know, seven years. Nobody had a stage that could continue to evolve and grow to where it got to its apex as far as the sequels were concerned with social media and Twitter and your ability to just say anything you want and get people to comment on it. I mean, we started a podcast last year and people are listening. There's people in this room right now. I mean, that's ridiculous. So you talk about a big stage. Uh, I think that's, I think that's where we're at right now with that. So 
So, so I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to put a comment up here by Chris. Um, it says if they make the Cassian Andor like a spy series, it might work. And I'm thinking Ooh, like, double O double O Andor <laughs> double O Cass. Yeah. The name's Cassian. Um, Cassian Andor <laughs> green milk, not blue shaken. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, that would be, I think that would be good. I, I hope, I hope that's the route that they take it. Um, you know, the thing that's really going to, uh, I think what's really going to hook star Wars fans into it is K2SO. Uh, Oh my gosh. Absolutely. He was beloved in rogue one. He was like, for me, he was the best part of rogue one, even though I really enjoyed everything about rogue one. I liked that. It didn't have the happy ending necessarily. Um, that it was a little grittier, a little bit, you know, and, and there was some real raw. Yeah. He K2 was, was the perfect. K2 stole, stole the show as far as his parts went. Yeah. It's as an example of, of another uh, robot stealing, stealing. Well, and I think IG 11 is completely, you know, no, no offense to the writers for Mando. IG 11 is completely a remodel of K2S. I mean, that was a perfect rendition of like, taking C-3PO's role, which was really the comic relief as far as, you know, getting yelled at and told to shut up and then overstepping that and becoming like, oh, now the robot's telling people to shut up. Now the robot's telling people, you know, who's in charge. And they try that in Solo. And obviously Solo was, I love Solo, by the way, was uh, trying to overcome other obstacles. So, and I forget the robot's name in that. She's super. L7. Thank you. L7, uh, L7 tried to fill that role almost too close to K2. So may have been a little, but it's still, she was great. I loved it. So <laughs> we got, uh, David on with us now. Oh, finally. <laughs> and, uh, <All> three. <laughs> you got corrected. Oh, see, I just say, I can't remember. And then I'll go. Okay. Oh, did I say L7? Yeah, you did. Okay. Crap. I get my star Wars car. I got to turn it in. Yeah. Uh, but uh, David from As Father and Son says the name's SO, K2SO. K2SO. There you go. L337. All right. By the way, if you haven't played um, uh, Fallen Order, you fight a lot of K2s. Do you? And they are mean. Yeah. Enjoy. Button mash the hell out of those guys and gals, <laughs> whatever they are. I don't know what they are. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that puts us in a good place. Um, real quick. What, what do you expect? I shouldn't say what you should expect. That's bad. That's no. dangerous. Don't expect anything. Hope. Hope. What, uh, what are you wondering about for season two of Mandalorian? I don't see you're dealing with the wrong guy here. I'm a very in the moment when it comes to giving me content. Um, I'm not yeah, to, to your point expecting anything. I do. I, I, I and now I'll, I'll totally, you know, throw that out the window. <laughs> I do want to see the progression of the child. Um, the, the force powers, the force abilities are very intriguing to me. And how does that roll into, you know, how's it going to parallel into what happens with the first order and all that stuff? Maybe you don't care about that. And maybe they're able to take that story and, and, and stay separate. Um, because gonna, the galaxy is a big place, right? Is What'd he going to say, say his first word? 
well, yeah, it's probably going to be Mando or something or, um, yeah, this is going to be backwards. He's going to say, this is the way, way this is, is what he's going to say. <laughs> the way this is, way this oh, is. I, I heard a, a really deep, funny joke. And I sent been, it to you. Well, I can't remember it. You tell it though. Uh, it was, uh, ironically, the first word baby Yoda says will be the second thing he says <laughs> for the second word way. This is yeah. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. good. No. So no, I, I have no expectations, hopes, or even, you know, otherwise, uh, I'm, I'm, st- I, I, it's totally in their hands and I will just, you know, like a, a bull of mush follow along and enjoy it unless they screw it up, which they won't, I, in my opinion. So. Josh, I know you just got done reading. We'll wrap this up here pretty soon, but thanks to those that are still uh, in our mentions. What you just wrapped up the Thrawn series, right? Man, I did. I did. And I did. And, and I've already said this, if you're a listener to the pod for a while, since the beginning, um, I read books. Um, and by that, I mean, I listen to them on audible and uh, the Thrawn series hands down, I mean, we just went through what the, the two books with the Dooku and then the resistance reborn, um, which were good books, both of them, but Mark Thompson who read, who narrates for, uh, the Thrawn series is, is just the best narrator ever uh, for star Wars and probably is great. I think I've listened to him on some other fiction too, and didn't know it until I heard his voice. Um, he's fantastic. He is the epitome of the Thrawn voice. Does he voice? Now, this is a question because I'm not, I haven't even finished Rebels, so I should probably get my Star Wars card pulled, um, which I'm actually kind of glad of. And I'll tell you in a minute why. Uh, does he voice Thrawn in Rebels? Do you know? Does anyone know? Um, I think he does. Let okay. me, uh, let me, yeah, check that out. But yeah. anyway, I'll just, I'll just elaborate a little bit. It takes Thrawn through his ascension through the Empire, um, through, through three books. And fortunately, the first book, does a great job of it very quickly on his way to grand admiral and his relationship with the emperor and book number two, by the way, is full, just Thrawn and Vader at each other's throats. And then book number three is, is a whole nother concept that, that has never hit. I'm trying to do no spoilers here. That has never really entered the uh, star Wars realm short of rise of Skywalker, as far as the outer region and all that stuff. But it is fantastic. Um, uh, it's just, it's just a good book. And I was sad when it was over type of thing. And not that it's over. I guess there's a new one coming out called the uh, Thrawn Ascendancy, which is his, uh, his rise through the Chiss ranks, which is his species. And, uh, that's, let me, that's too. let me interrupt here. Um, it's Lars Mikkelsen that voices him in rebels. Okay. So, so it is a different guy, Yeah, which is unfortunate. They really should have tapped Cause I think I read some reviews. I, I believe it's Mark Thompson. Somebody said Matt, it might be Matt Thompson, but um, Mark it's Mark, right? Yeah. So uh, he, his voice, uh, like I can, every time I hear his voice, I see the blue face and the red eyes just saying exactly with the hands behind his back. I mean, you can envision it every single time and his emperor is, is better than mine. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm willing to admit that. You've got a pretty good emperor. I don't compared to this guy. No, don't sell your Actually, here, here's the, here's the star Wars nerd in me. I'm driving in the car and there's an emperor, uh, part where he's doing the voice 
And then I'm trying to I, I like hit pause and like try and copy the inflections. I'm, I'm literally in by myself going to it's really like a then I can go Akbar really quick. You heard Akbar there for a second. You got to be careful. The emperor goes right into Akbar if you're not careful. <laughs> Which, by the way, will be one of the uh, categories of impersonation. Uh, yeah. Yeah, we can run that down real quick. Uh, the emperor. No, that was a good point. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Watto. Don't forget Watto. Watto. That was hands. Watto. And then uh, I think uh, I think we did a mouse droid on here once too. Might have. So. I don't know. There's a couple others too, probably. <laughs> uh, Sports Carly. Hey, thanks for joining us. Appreciate uh, the love there. Do you yeah. have a do you have a collection sports carly? Let us know in Probably. the minute or maybe we'll we can uh, feature what you got on our next Saturday's hashtag show me your collection. That would be pretty cool. Um yeah, so I'm sorry I sorry I uh, derailed you there with the impression. Nah, you're fine. You're fine. So anyway, um, final, uh, final thoughts on Thrawn. Uh, if you, if you read books, um, great. If you don't, then listen to them and go, go get audible and pay, uh, uh, measly, you know, 30, I think you pay like 40 bucks and get all three, um, which is well worth it. And, you know, listen on your drive, uh, drive to work. Cause it's fantastic. I, I would go to bed with it and which is stupid. I should really just like save it and savor it for when I'm fully awake but you know you always rewind but man it's so good i loved it i love the concept and uh why am i why am i blanking blank i can't believe i'm blanking on the author that's just me when i'm in a pod i forget everything yeah i know i had timothy's on in my head and i just want didn't want to say it because for some reason i had mark thompson i locked that in couldn't say timothy timothy's on without feeling like i was wrong zon is a very creative writer and in order to uphold Thrawn's strategic, you know, dominance. He has to come up with some really unique ploys and plots. And I'm always amazed, like, man, someone thought of that. Cool. And I might be basic, which is fine, but it's well, uh, uh, I think, I think one of the appeals to Thrawn is that from extended universe stuff back in the nineties, when Thrawn first came on the scene from Timothy Zahn, uh, he was pretty cool back then too, and was always at odds with Vader. Yep, trying to go behind his back, trying to gain, trying to become the number two for Palpatine, and always kind of had his his own goals in mind, and not necessarily always aligning with the Empire. And nope. and so, um, so anyway, I, I that and- that even though it's now old canon, um, the extended universe. Legend from the nineties, uh, the Thrawn character still seems to be the same, same kind of character. And I think that's one of the big appeals to older fans, as well as newer fans from like rebels who know him from rebels, that he's still that character. He hasn't changed. Um, and, and all of the, the little side stories with him kind of carried through too. So I appreciate that. And that's what I said. That's what I was saying. That's what I wanted to, to finish with was, they keep it tied to rebels so well that, that, you know, the last, the last part of the last book without spoiling anything is really still connected to rebels, which is great. So that that's why I said, I'm glad I haven't finished rebels yet. Cause I'm going to go into rebels 
with a completely different, I was waiting for Disney plus and, and then life gets busy. Um, I'm going to go completely into rebels waiting for Thrawn to fulfill what was, was, you know, um, precluded in, in these books. So go read the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn, who is a very nice guy to me. I meet him. I met him. I have a, uh, a nice, uh, picture with him he signed were you there no you weren't it was trev sorry i was not there trevor was there he signed the book took a picture with me we laughed we shook hands or something weird it was funny um but yeah that's summer Did con. You contact information yeah i got his uh his cell number turns out it was just a telemarketing place so timothy got me <laughs> that's another one of those thrown yeah. tactical tricks right there i'm kidding yeah, tim yeah. well right, right on i think we're good uh, right yeah so People in the mentions, people listening to the rewind. Uh, thank you for joining us on episode 31. 31 episodes in the last year uh, from the Hollow Chronicles podcast on behalf of Josh and behalf of myself. Thank you so much for being with us for the last year. Thank you for the follows. Thank you for the shout outs, tagging us and other posts. Um, and let's let's just keep it rolling on to, two, uh, to 2020. I was going to say 2020. That's correct. Either one work. But thank you so much. And uh, let, let's keep it going. Yeah. And you're already here, but follow us uh, at Hollow Chronicles on all the major platforms. You can find us on uh, Twitter and, and uh, Apple iTunes and all that stuff. And, and uh, we love hearing from you guys every single day. You're rad. And thanks, uh, thanks Chris. Thanks, David. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Uh, other people that have joined along the way there in the, in the live feed, appreciate you and can't wait to hear from you soon. How are we taking this out? We did Mace lives. Do we want to just do yub nub or, or maybe yeah. uh, we got to gotta come up with some new outros. Maybe that's one of our polls we put up. Anyway, we'll see you guys later. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. She got me. She sniped me right at the end. She sniped you right at the end, man.